friend, it's Chrissy here from Real Life Shh. If you are feeling overly triggered, out of control of your emotions, and are confused about why certain situations bother you so much while others don't seem to be phased by the same situation at all, your inner child may be crying out for help. Listen up, because in this episode, we learn how neglecting our inner child can affect us in our present day and how to nurture ourselves and stop these maddening cycles. My earliest memory was on my dad's boat. I can still feel the sun kissing my skin as I lay, gently blinking open my eyes from a nap. My parents, they were still together, so I must have been around the age of four. This was a beautiful memory that brings me comfort and one of my favorite memories. The sway of being on the water and on a boat brings that familiar, nostalgic, comforting feeling. It's one of my happy places. I cherish this memory. This was a time, like I already mentioned, when my parents, they were still together and I was surrounded by love and family and security. Little did I know at that time that soon my world would be turned upside down and that little girl who still enjoys the warmth of the sun when it kisses her skin, the rock of the boat from the gentle waves and the thrill of the speed and the wind rushing through her hair would grow smaller and smaller and smaller until she almost disappeared into a little ball of rejection, sadness, hurt, and loneliness. She almost disappeared until my divine father and my highest self insisted that I take a look at her and I nourish her and I love her and I accept her for who she is a divine being. All of us have an inner child, a little girl or a little boy who resides within us. And we have probably tried to smother them down into the deepest pits of darkness so we couldn't hear their cries anymore. Yet, they always seem to find their way out with maybe adult temper tantrums, with our partners, or whining with our friends out of fear of being caught or rejected. Today, I'm going to share with you bits and pieces of my journey of reconnecting with that little girl within me that I tried to ignore for many, many, many years. It wasn't until recently when I finally acknowledged her and her pain and suffering that she went through. That is when I and her reunited and started living our true, authentic selves together in harmony. You've heard of the term triggered, and I'm sure fight or flight, but do you know why you're triggered and why the current collective is basically in a constant state of fight or flight? Well, besides the very obvious of this world kind of feeling like it's flipped upside down and scrambled, a lot of it has to do with our own past, our past trauma with our childhood, with our pain and our suffering and our shadow that we chose or tried to choose to ignore. Sexually abused survivors know a lot about this, and it's possible that even their partners might have noticed this as well. It's not uncommon for sexually abused survivors to abuse substance in order to have a sexual relationship with their partner. They do this because of the trauma that they experienced as a child. The sexual touch, it triggers them, and it brings them back to that place. 
that they were at while they were being abused. And they try to mute that little girl or boy inside of them with alcohol or substance just to get through the act of sexual connection with their partner. I know, I know this sounds a little harsh, especially for maybe the partners of the survivors. Just know that the survivors, they don't want to spread this trauma onto you. And it's a very confusing time for them because the feelings, the feeling like the physical feelings, it feels nice. And it also brings on a tornado of shame, confusion, shame and confusion while feeling nice physically all at the same time. So like I said, it's, it's not uncommon for survivors to use alcohol and substance to try to make sense of everything. As a survivor myself, I've used this method in my younger days. Now I'm happy to say that I actually prefer sober sex, sober sexual intimacy, a hundred times over more than drunk sloppy sex. Actually, drunk sloppy sex, it brings me back to the place when I was trying to ignore that part of myself that was confused with pleasure and shame at the same time. That's not really a fun time for me. This topic of sexual abuse and survivors and the outcome of ignoring that fractured part of ourselves is a heavy one. But don't think that you don't need to take care of your inner child just because you haven't had a sexual abuse or been sexually, physically, or emotionally abused. Your inner child could be crying out over the simple act of what it was like cleaning your house when you were younger. When we come back, I'm going to share with you how I still, to this day, struggle with my anxiety when it comes to the cleanliness of my home. Hey friend, it's Chrissy here from Real Life Shh. Did you know that being healthy isn't just about eating right? Oh no. Stress, anxiety, and trauma can negatively affect your entire body with disease. But don't worry, it's not too late. I can help. Go to OurDivineTribe.com and subscribe or book a session with me. You can also connect with me at it's underscore getin, that's G-E-T-N underscore Chrissy on Instagram. Welcome back. To this day, I still struggle with anxiety about how clean our house is and how presentable it is. Instead of living with this anxiety, I gave myself the gift of being kind of like a detective and trying to figure out why am I so affected by this? And I looked into my past and my childhood and remembered the times my mother would be so completely stressed out, running around like a maniac, trying to get the house clean before people would come over out of fear of rejection from our family members and or friends. The tension in our house, even before the guests came over, It was so completely heavy. My sister and I were on edge just trying to make sense of anything and everything. Why was my mother so tense and upset? I was thinking to myself, we're having our friends and family over. Isn't this like a good thing? Sadly, to this day, I still struggle with this. My mom's anxiety and stress has been passed down to me in the exact same situation. When I have people coming over to our house... This is what I have a tendency to do. I go bananas and I drive my family bananas with my anxiety and stress to get the house looking perfect and presentable out of fear 
of what others might think of me. If it's not to their liking, oof, what's going to happen? Are they not going to like me anymore? Am I a monster? This also stems from hearing gossip of my mother as a child from other family members. Um, they would gossip about my mom's housekeeping, or rather her lack thereof. These family members came from my dad's side. Um, this side of the family was very, very clean, and everyone's house was pretty much immaculate at all times. I remember my dad and my stepmom, they would vacuum probably twice a day, at least once a day, but a lot of times twice a day. There was never a dirty dish in the sink, and to be honest, I think I actually liked that feeling of cleanliness when I was growing up, when I would be in my dad's house. It was a little bit more comfortable for me to be in a nice, clean, organized house. And for the most part, I think that the people that came over felt the same way. So this part of my childhood, I actually want to continue into adulthood. However, I do need to take care of my inner child who is still struggling with the stress and the anxiety of what people might think or say if my house isn't absolutely perfect if a friend wants to stop by. As you can imagine for my mom, and me now as well, being a mom of two young kids and working is almost impossible. It's to, yeah, it basically is impossible to keep the house spotless at all times. And keep in mind from episode number three, where you learned that my mom worked three jobs and overtime. Make sure to listen to that episode if you haven't to learn about how we can help teenagers through their struggles. Anyways, so I imagine her, my mom, stressed, full of anxiety of having to do it all by herself without a partner. I'm sure she was completely overwhelmed. I personally can only relate to her on a very small level, much smaller level, because I do have a partner. Does he make more of a mess than clean up after himself? Yes. <laughs> However, the fact is I'm not alone in this parenting gig or my living situation, and I don't have to work three jobs and over overtime to put food on the table or a roof over my kid's head. We're not on welfare, and currently we're not struggling financially as I did as a child. So you would think that my stress isn't even comparable to my mom's and what she had to go through in order to provide for us. However, it feels exactly the same way. It feels like I have that burden and literally my body, my nervous system goes into fight or flight when I prepare the house for guests. Because I experienced that stress with her as a child and my body, my nervous system believes that it belongs to me. All my nervous system knows is that this feels like the same situation we, my body, my brain, and my inner child, were in as a child. The same thing can happen to me when my husband chooses to go out to a bar and stays out a little too late or if he chooses to go for drinks with a client. This reminds me of my childhood when my dad would choose the bar instead of coming home to spend time with us. I remember my stepmom, she would be calling around the bars in town to see if she could find him, my dad. And it felt like rejection. Like my dad was choosing alcohol over spending time with his kids at home. 
And so now to this day, it's very, very hard for me not to feel like I'm in the, the exact same place that I was when I was a kid, when my husband chooses to take clients out for happy hour or stays out a little bit too longer than I would like, or he has too much to drink on our date night, knowing that I do not enjoy drunk intimacy. It feels like I'm that little girl again, waiting for my dad to come home and be with me, to spend time with me, to choose me first. And when that doesn't happen, it, it feels like rejection. It's very common for adults to choose a lifestyle and partners to mimic their childhood. We do this because it's an attempt to fix what felt like was broken in our childhood. It's also comforting because it's comfortable and what we know. But more importantly, it is an opportunity to heal what was out of our control as a child. To course correct. So how do we do that, right? Okay, well, the first step is to acknowledge and connect the dots. I acknowledged and I connected the reason why I get anxious and stressed before we have guests come over to our house. It ties all the way back to the feeling, the feelings of stress of my mom's struggles. The next step is to know that just because this is familiar, it doesn't mean that it's normal or healthy. For example, one of the times I was sexually assaulted, I was drunk. I was drunk as a teenager. So for a while, I did feel comfortable or more comfortable being intoxicated during sexual intimacy. When I was finally able to recognize the correlation and I began to, I began to experiment without the use of alcohol, guess what? It turns out I enjoy sexual intimacy much more without the abuse of alcohol. One more important step, one of the most important steps actually, is to recognize your younger part, your child self that experienced that stress, the trauma, the rejection. And then I need you to hold the inner child, your inner child into your arms and you need to love, love your inner child and tell your inner child that they are safe now. They are unconditionally loved and they are no longer in danger. Do not ignore your inner child. He or she has been pleading for far too long for the love, the acceptance, the attention that all children deserve. Our mothers and our fathers and all of our caretakers that we had as children, most of them, they really try to do their best out of love. And they may have been completely unaware of the long-term effects that they endured and their children endured. We are truly in a beautiful era of opportunity to stop the cycles of our family trauma. We're finally talking about it and we're supporting each other throughout this process. And when we're done 
blaming, because we are done blaming, we're done blaming, please understand that in order to stop, we must, we must forgive. Know that nothing ever happened to you or I as a child. Nothing was ever personal. Nor was it any child's fault. Children are gifts from God. You, as a child, were a gift from God. So please acknowledge that. Acknowledge that with your inner child. Love, connect, and reassure your inner child that they are loved and safe now because they are in your arms. And you, my friend, you now have the infinite power and support from the divine to take care of yourself in a divine way. If you yourself are a parent now or are to be a parent one day, this act of kindness to your inner child is of the utmost importance and absolutely necessary in order to stop the pain cycles of family trauma. You are loved, child of God. You are loved, and so it is. 